Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show to ease your expat overwhelm and be inspired by other newcomers' stories. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow expats and share their unique challenges, triumphs and revelations as they build their new lives here. It's great to have you. Happy very belated new year to you all. It's 2021. As we battle through our Canadian winter season, I'm hoping this new episode will brighten your day. If you follow us on Instagram or have signed up to our emails, you will be aware of our Series 1 reunion poll. We put it out there to our listeners to vote for three Series 1 guests that you wanted back for this special end-of-series get-together. The winners were Ashley from Australia, Adobea from Ghana, and Carla from Mexico. The following reunion was so much fun to record. It's a little different with some really fun and interesting questions like two truths, one lie about our native country, what we'd tell ourselves if we could go back in time to when we first arrived in Canada, and more. We hope you enjoy it and you get a good laugh along with us. Let's start the show. Hello everybody, how are you all doing? I am so excited to be reunited with your lovely faces and wisdom and yeah, this is going to be so much fun. So yeah, for those who missed it, we handed it over to the listeners of this show to vote, to decide who they wanted to hear more from, who they wanted back from series one for this special end of series reunion. So here we are, we have Ashley, Carla and Adabea. Hello. Hi. <laughs> awesome. So first up, we have the wonderful Ashley from episode four, originally from Sydney, Australia, now living in Vancouver. And in your episode, we chatted about culture shock and shared some examples and funny stories of how personalities and beliefs and workplace behavior can differ and affect your relationships when, when moving to a new country. And yeah, it was so much fun. It was such a great episode. And um yeah, what was your biggest takeaway from the episode, Ash? Um, I think for me, um, it was really reflecting on my experience and um, what I loved the most about it was obviously doing it, but probably the aftermath of it when it went live and everybody listened to it. And I had some great feedback and like great stories and like just people reach out to me, like family and friends and um other people like from your social media and I had like tons of people responding to it and it was just amazing to to hear all of that and to hear people's like shared experiences and just like oh wow I had no idea that like that was what you went through so that um as well and I think just the series in general like listening to other people's um stories was really great because you know we we all kind of have this one thing in common but to hear everybody's stories and like the different versions of things that they went through that was really cool as well so I'm also very excited to be back and kind of reflect on that and <laughs> have another go <laughs> yeah it's so great to have you back and it's so true like every single guest is so different and even myself I don't think I actually expected it to be so different everyone's story everyone's reason why they came is so different and yeah learning about the countries as well is just a, an added bonus so 
Yeah, amazing. Um, and then we have Carla from episode five, originally from Chihuahua, Mexico, and who now lives in Ottawa, Ontario. Um, yeah, in your episode, we listened in awe as you shared your family's inspiring story of packing up a U-Haul with belongings <laughs> and animals <laughs> and driving from Mexico to Canada in search of a better and safer life. Um, yeah, then we heard your father's story of struggle and strength when he was building his business in Canada, and now your tips and insight for, for achieving that entrepreneurial dream as, as an immigrant here. So since your episode, you have now officially launched IDEA, your Immigrants Developing Entrepreneurs Academy. How is that going? It's awesome, actually. I'm super excited. I've been speaking with, uh, I, I have over a dozen of uh, students enrolled, so I've been Amazing. speaking with them, and they're super excited. They have great ideas. Uh, some of them don't have an idea yet, a business idea, and they're enrolling because they want to flush that out. And I don't know. I just feel so very blessed to be able to uh, take part in their journey, their business journey, even if it's in just a small way. But yeah, I'm, I'm very pumped. This has been three years in the making. Um, <laughs> so finally seeing it to come to fruition is, is pretty exciting. Yeah. And it's so great to have you back as well. Awesome. And then finally, we have Adabea from episode eight with her infectious laugh. Yay, it's back, everyone. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Originally from Ghana, Africa, and now living in Vancouver and offering career tips for newcomers. So in your episode, we covered the enigma that is being rejected for a job application because we lack Canadian work experience. So yeah, you covered what employers really mean when they give that rejection reason and what we can do to improve our chances of improving employment in Canada. And yeah, it was such a valuable episode to, to debunk that myth and get us believing in our own strengths and putting ourselves out there. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it was great to talk through that. And I, and one of the things that I, uh, Carla actually inspired me to reach out and get on the, on this podcast was that immigrants are a resilient, like you actually do have something extra by the fact that you've, you know, taken a, a plane or whatever it is to come to a new country. And I, I believe that it's how we, we are sort of, we feel limited by so many things, but we actually have more strengths than we realize. And we're actually more employable than we realize. And it's a matter of strategizing and networking and meeting with the right people to understand, like, how do you portray all that you have? Because there is something special about the fact that you are taking a huge risk and starting your life from scratch. And what I find is a lot of immigrants might start at a lower position than what they're used to but then we move and we scale really rapidly and get promoted usually faster so it's it's all about confidence and really believing that we have what it takes to make it in the career choices we make in Canada oh my yeah. gosh I love that so much <laughs> <laughs> feeling inspired all right should we just end the episode there guys I <laughs> Okay, so this episode is obviously a little bit different. There are four of us and um, oh, I wish we had a video because our little heads are just nodding along with everyone. <laughs> so yeah, we have six uh, really fun and interesting questions, um, maybe five depending on the time. And uh, yeah, we'll just take it in turns answering them and we'll see what happens. So let's jump right in. So I have a little icebreaker because you've got to love a, a cringy icebreaker. You know, we're all too familiar with them as newcomers in these, you know, networking events. So um, I had the idea, let's share 
two facts and one lie about your native country. So two truths about your country and then one complete lie that you've just made up and then we'll have to guess which one the lie is. So I'll go first. Uh, so the first one is, so obviously my country's England, United Kingdom. And the first one is that the famous Big Ben in London is not actually a clock. The second one is uh, a very famous British food dish. One of my absolute favorites growing up was a meal called Toad in the Lake. And third and final one, this, there is a real law still in effect in the United Kingdom that states that it is an offense to handle a salmon suspiciously. To what? <laughs> to, <laughs> to handle a fish, a salmon, suspiciously. And How that is a real a law. Handle a salmon <laughs> and be suspicious at the same suspicious. time. Suspicious. Exactly. So that's a law. It's an offense to handle a salmon suspiciously. So those are the three. The Big Ben's not a clock. My favorite food dish growing up was toad in the lake. Or there's a real law that you cannot handle a salmon suspiciously. I'm going to go B because I feel like it's toad in the something else, but not a lake. (laughs) Or maybe that's a variation of it. Uh Uh-huh. Any other takes? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go for A just because it's like one of the most, it could be outrageous if it's true. Yeah. Okay. That was mine as well. Yeah, mine was A as well. I'm like, isn't that a clock? Mm. Haven't I heard that thing? Ding. <laughs> Doesn't it make that sound? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, Big Ben is not actually a clock, so that's true. Oh. It's actually the name of the 13-ton bell within the tower. So mm-hmm. the bell is called Big Ben. Um, the second one is actually a lie. So, Ashley, you got it. It's actually called Toad in the Hole. Um, I knew it! (laughs) Toad in the Lake is complete lie. Um, and then, yeah, the third one, that is a real law. Section 32 of the Salmon Act. Apparently, (laughs) you cannot handle a salmon in suspicious circumstances. I would really love to see an example of someone (laughs) doing that and getting arrested. Yeah, exactly. I want to see who's been charged. Oh, so funny. If you Google English laws or crazy English laws, there are so many just because it's such an old country and the laws are just outrageous. So that one was hilarious. But it's true. I propose that like a a supplementary link to this podcast episode is like a list of like all the people who have been arrested because of this law. (laughs) (laughs) okay amazing ashley go okay so australia i had so many ideas on what i could do for this because obviously there's like so much crazy stuff from like convict era and like animals so one of the okay so one um australia is about the same size as america but we all live on the coast um, another one is that one of our prime ministers once competed in a Guinness World Record challenge for the fastest beer sculling, but lost. And then <laughs> um, another one is that there is a turtle that breathes through its butt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what is true Amazing. and what is false? I love all of them. I want them all to be true. Um, I, 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 I'm just, I mean, this is pure like guessing and I'm guessing that this is a prime minister. Maybe he didn't lose. Maybe he actually won. <gasps> so Ooh, that's the lie. Plot twist. Um, I'm going to say there's that the lie is a turtle breathing through its butt. 
Because if it's true, it would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't put anything, like anything goes in Australia though. Like any animal, is just, you just don't know what's down there. So first one, it is true that we're about the same size as America, but 90% of our residents do live on around the coast. The second one, um, Adebayo, you're right, it was false. He did win. He didn't take part of the challenge, but he, our Prime Minister, Bob Hawke, was Guinness World Record Champion for sculling a beer. And my favourite moment was a few years ago, he was at, like, a box in the cricket, and um, the camera panned onto him, and he did it again in front of, like, the crowd and, like, television, <laughs> so that was great. And to, and for those that who don't know, sculling is what? Like, just downing a beer all in yeah, one go? Yeah, downing a beer. Okay. Chugging. <laughs> Chugging, yeah. <laughs> it was in like 11 seconds or something like that. And he did it when, yeah, a few years ago when he did it, he was like grandpa age and it was amazing. <laughs> and true, there is a turtle that um, breeds through its butt. And I figured it, that was true. Yeah. <laughs> he must have really bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> so do they burp or do they fart? Yeah, well, it can. They can swim underwater and stay underwater for three weeks with that mechanism in their body. <laughs> oh, amazing! Thanks, Ash. Okay, so I'm from Ghana originally, and um, so here are the facts. Ghana has a space program called Ghana Stat, and it started in 2017. Ghana is the largest, the number one country in sub-Saharan Africa of, of exporters of gold and of cocoa. We're number one. And we have the largest artificial lake in the world named Lake Volta. The largest man-made lake in the entire world. Oh, these are really good. They're all believable. <laughs> you did a good job. Um <laughs> I'm going to go space program. I'm terrible at this game so far, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to do the same because I feel like it's something about the year, that it was a different year. Um, it's the second one. So we're not the first uh, number one exporter of gold and cocoa. We're actually the second. The first is South Africa for gold. <laughs> oh, I feel like we're up there. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, and uh, yeah, Carla, you're the last one. Okay, so the first one is the hairless dog is native of Mexico. The second one is candy laddled with spicy sauce. It's a kid's favorite. Or Mexico is known for having great weather all year round. Okay, I'm going to go for the last one. Because yeah. I remember, I remember for a fact that you were talking about that candy in your episode, and that you really oh, miss it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cheater! <laughs> yes, because you said your kids tried it, and your kids love it. Um, and I can't remember the first one, but yeah, this, the the last one. I'm gonna go with the last one. I know the candy, and I know the dog. Ah, and the dog. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I I think that it gets cold in Mexico. I believe. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the last one being a lie in some parts of Mexico. Same. I think it's it's known for that or people think that it's always amazing. But <laughs> I know that like you get rain um, and stuff like that as well. So I'm going to do the same. That is correct. <laughs> Yay. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm actually from the north of Mexico, which is basically the Rocky Mountains. 
Um, so it's very, um, it's very hot in the summer, like very dry, dry heat. And it's very cold in the winter. Like we get to minus, many minus five, minus 10. <gasps> Um, and like they just recently had a huge snowstorm, and so it does snow. Wow. So we, it's okay. like extreme. So it's either really yeah. hot or really cold. You've just ruined so many people's I know. Okay. <laughs> that's what, and, and that's something I couldn't understand when I would tell people when I arrived to Canada. I'm from Mexico, and they're like, "Oh my god, the beach!" And I'm like, "No, I grew up in the mountains. They're, it's so warm. Why? Why are you here? My, I mean, not all of Mexico is warm, yeah. but yeah." actually so many people say that about australia as well like even though we do live on the beach but like you know it gets like relatively cool um in winter depending on what part you're in and i remember in university i was working in the international department and one guy we had just like a rainy drizzly day it wasn't that bad but it was um he came and he's like i'm really cold i have to go buy more clothes and i'm like oh <laughs> did you lose your luggage and he's like no i only brought t-shirts and shorts and I was like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way with about England too. Everyone, as soon as it rains here, everyone's like, oh, you must feel so at home. Like, because it just rains in England all the time, right? And I'm like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, yes, it rains probably more than the average country, but like, it doesn't just like rain all day, like all my whole life. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so great. Awesome. So now that's done. That was, that was so much fun. Um, let's move on. I have, uh, some Canada related questions. Obviously, we have a lot of people listening that are thinking about moving here who are maybe just starting their journey. So, uh, the question is, if you could go back in time to when you first arrived in Canada, fresh in the doors, what would you tell yourself? So for me, I would just say, ease off on the pressure like I I don't think don't think that you're a failure if you're not absolutely loving every aspect of your new life within the first six months a year like even three years you know it takes time and there's so many parts to it um you know friends career the list goes on so yeah I definitely beat myself up way too early and I'd say to just chill out and and be a little bit more patient with with the whole process so that's my advice for, for past Kate. <laughs> I 100% agree. Sorry, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I'm stealing like the next spot because my one is um, advice to, well, how long have I been here now? Four and a half years ago, Ash, um, where it would be that it is not going to go as planned. Um, and <laughs> no matter how much you plan or how much you think that things are going to happen, um, it's not going to happen that way. Um, but just let it happen, uh, because it will probably be so much better. And no, probably it will be so much better than what you could actually possibly imagine or plan for in the first time. For example, I was only planning to go for two years to Toronto on a work permit. And now I've just applied for citizenship and I've been here four and a half years and, I've moved across the country and I've had amazing experiences and found amazing jobs and like so many elements to it and none of that was planned but here I am and yeah so don't plan it but don't worry it will it will be better than what you can expect yeah ride the wave just ride it out 
Uh, Adebayo. <laughs> Mine is it's more financial uh, based. Um, for me, when I came as a student, I was not really looking at buying or anything like that. And and I think I was very much against even purchasing a house in Vancouver. I thought it was highway robbery. And so <laughs> now um, I do I do see that I needed to. Um, you know, I, I, it's it's just getting into different opportunities earlier. So, like, I was very focused on get the student, get the degree. But then I've realized now that I'm putting my hands into so many different things. And you can explore so many different avenues earlier. You can be a student and you can be a young mom and you can be looking into volunteering. I would definitely, um, you know, I would definitely encourage like people who are coming, for, especially for school to look outside of the school bubble. Yeah. I, I definitely was like that, wanted to be that straight A student. And I'm like, I really wish I could have spent more time outside of my school bubble and getting to see what other opportunities are out there. And one of, one of the big ones is looking into, um, the real estate market and, and starting to plan to buy a home because, um, I have, finally done that and I, I yeah I wish I could have done it earlier because every year you're like this these prices have cut to come down and they just keep going up <laughs> that is very true yeah you get kind of sucked into your immediate to-dos because there's just so many right when you first land yeah. here but yeah trying to shift that mindset to like long-term goals if you're looking to to stay here long term yeah that's that's definitely a, a thing you have to really make yourself do. So yep. do you have any resources that you recommend for anybody that's like starting that process? Yeah, I, I joined the, I think, Rate Hub. Um, it's a newsletter that comes and it just gives you ideas of different, um, just learning about the whole housing market. And then another thing that I, I, I started doing is, is just developing multiple opportunities for myself. So if you have a business idea, start early, like join idea, for example, like any ideas that you have, because we come with so many ideas, so many things we want to do. And it's not necessarily like, oh, let me finish school first. Let me have a child first. Let me do this first and this first, but just dabble in a few things. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to sort of fit one timeline. Like it doesn't have to be a perfect timeline. Start looking into housing if you want to buy. Start looking into um, incubator programs if you want to start a business. So like, just look at everything um, as much as, you know, within reason. Yeah. Amazing advice. Cool. Carla? For myself, I arrived oh, a long time ago um, and I came here not by choice. It was my parents, um, my parents' choice. And when we arrived, settlement organizations and settlement programs that help you get settled into Canada were either non-existent or just starting to come out. So we really arrived with like, welcome to Canada. And that's it. We had no one. Good luck. Exactly. So it was literally like that. They stamped our, our passport in the, in the, in the border in Prescott, Ontario. And it was midnight and it's like, welcome to Canada. And we're like, yay! What? <laughs> so <clears throat> the only thing that they gave us was the information about how to get your health card and how to get your license and your social insurance number. That's it. So we were like driving at midnight and we're like, holy crap, like, I don't like what's available. Like, what, you know? Um, and we thought that that was, that was it, that that was our, that was, that was the way that you would come into Canada and that was the way it was. So the first few years were really hard because we didn't know what we didn't know. So I wish if I could have gone back, 
we come from a country where we're not used to the government helping us, right? So we arrive to Canada and then all of a sudden, like we assume that there is, that's it, that there is no help. But now knowing what I know now, I wish I could have gone back and, and, and no, no way, you know, there is uh, a lot of help that is available for newcomers. Um, whether you need it or not, it's there. And just knowing that it's there or having known that it was there, it would have made a huge difference in our first four years experience in this country. Because the first four years um, for our particular family were very tough. We're really tough. We're very sad. And anytime I remember those years, whew, you know, like it, it's it's a... Uh, we it, it's a it was a really tough time so i wish that i would have known that these services existed that's what yeah. i would have told myself oh amazing um okay so what is your number one favorite thing about canada so now that you've learned everything and it's you've been here a while what would you say is your number one favorite thing one i know <laughs> yeah for me it's uh the I guess the possibilities that's what I put down like the vastness and of the the terrain I've only <laughs> seen Vancouver and I've been to Toronto and that's all I've seen and it's just I, I get so excited by all of the things I see people go to Banff and all of that and I'm so excited by all of the possibilities uh, and and just the vastness of of it all from the multicultural like I'm just so excited to explore it all yeah it's a beautiful place and I haven't seen enough of it I've kind of just been stuck in Ontario for for four years and I've I've dabbled in Vancouver for a couple weekends here and there but yeah I really there's so much to see like you said and I, I've not had the time or maybe I should just push myself to do it after this whole pandemic thing too I feel like everyone's gonna do it but yeah there's so much to see what's your favorite place that you visited so far my favorite place because it was just reminded me of I love the beach. And so my favorite place that I visited was Tofino. I loved, <gasps> I loved too. going there. I oh. was like, this is paradise. I loved it. It was small and it wasn't like, I don't like very touristy sort of structured beaches. I like it when the beach is just sort of left to be. And, and so I loved it there. It was beautiful. The drive was also yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's like a little surfer kind yes. of vibe <laughs> isn't it? on the island in Vancouver Island. Yeah, it's so nice. What about you, Ash? Well, that was going to be mine. <laughs> How beautiful <laughs> the country is. Because um, the scenery and the landscape is so beautiful. Like I've lived out east um, and west now and I've done quite a bit of travel in Canada and it is so different from like the Atlantic to out here. And I've done like a road trip from um, Alberta and like from Calgary down to Vancouver as well and just going through the Rockies is incredible. Um, but outside of the scenery – um, and the landscape, I think just the people that I met, which is probably going to be for anywhere that um, you go, you'll love the people that you meet and that you get to experience it with. But uh, for me, it's been super special because, as you all know, you, you get thrown into um, moving or, you know, you throw yourself into moving and you think that um, you know yourself and you think that, you know, you've got everything figured out. But then when you move, you're you're definitely taught so many lessons about yourself and you have to look inward. So being able to do that and then find your people that, you know, like accept you for you, they're not the people that you necessarily like 
grew up with or went to school with like they're your own people that you you find so that's also been um, a really big highlight for me that's so true my favorite thing is the summers I had no idea I had no idea that the summers in Canada would be so amazing it gets so hot like you would never think you think Canada is like frozen hostile wasteland to quote Jim Carrey, you'll have to Google that. It's so funny. Um, yeah, it's not. It, the summer is amazing. And the whole, especially in Ontario, the whole lake life, the, the cottage country. So all the families have these cottages. And obviously that means a, a very different to someone who's English. If you go to a cottage, it's like a crumbly building in, in the middle of a field. But, you know, this is like holiday homes and these family lakefront houses that they go to. And that whole childhood that they get, they're so, so lucky. And I tell the Canadians I know all the time how lucky they are to to have grown up by the lake and be, you know, whizzing by on, on tubes, you know, dragged by boats and fishing and swimming and oh so so good so yeah the summers are, are it for me yeah I will say that like the activity side of things in Canada is super fun like anything from like yeah. jet skiing all seasons too yeah, yeah like jet skiing to like kayaking to swimming to surfing to then like dog sledding and like um ski mobiling or like snowmobiling and um like zip lining off mountains which I just did recently and I'm about to go snowmobiling and stuff as well like it's just it's wild that you can just do everything like all in one country for sure what about you, Carla? What's your favorite thing about Canada? I'm sure you have many. I do. Um, I'm actually, I love the, um, mine's a bit different. So I love how in Canada, it really doesn't matter where you come from, who you know, yes. how much money you have or don't have, um, nothing of that matters. And what matters at the end of the day is, if you work hard and if you really commit to whatever you want to do, um, success can happen. Because, again, I come from a country where it really matters who you know and, you know, social status matters. Unfortunately, developing countries tend to be like that. And for me, it was so liberating coming to Canada and just be able to be myself without any masks or pretending to be someone that I wasn't, or pretending, um, pretending. There's a lot of pretending, at least where I where I'm from, and it was just so liberating. How nobody cares here. Nobody cares. <laughs> they just they just care that you're a good person, and at the end of the day, that's what matters in life. And it was it was just it's just so amazing to be able to to come and not um, feel judged and 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 just feel welcome regardless mm. so to me that that's one of the things that I love about Canada the most and obviously the activities I'm a big hiker so and I live in the Ottawa area where there's lots of trails and lots of places to hike so again I come from from the mountain area in Mexico and also very desertic so it's so nice to see like so much water and so much green and it's just it's just beautiful so yeah I'm, I'm pretty lucky like every day not every day but every time I go out for a hike it's like I get that feeling of like, oh my god, pinch me! I can't believe I'm 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 looking at all of this scenery, and I just it's I I go back to being a little girl. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm here! Um, and and it happens almost almost every time I go for a hike. It's like, wow, pinch me! This is so beautiful. It is so beautiful, and yeah. And there was that, that I feel <laughs> I can relate to a lot of what you said coming from a developing country. So many 
thing that is take is taken for granted here. Every time I just leave my house and I, I, I see like, I take something like sidewalks and I'm like, oh my gosh, sidewalks and trees and parks <laughs> and, you know, just places where you can be free and you don't have to spend any money. You can just have an amazing day, you know, without having to spend any money. Like where I'm from, you can have an amazing day, you know, if you're in the countryside, not that people don't have amazing days, but if you always have to have a back of your mind about a little bit about safety, a little bit about the clean air and the quality of the air. And if you want to take your child to a park, it's usually ha- you have to pay for something. If you, you know, if you're going, there's a number of things that you have to pay for, but here is just a part of the neighborhood and the government provides it. And it's, it is, it is like pinch myself on a daily basis. Yeah. And to your point of just being yourself, I think that's, that's amazing. That's such a good point. Just because it's such a diverse country and there's so many internationals that have chosen Canada as their home. So that's, that's most definitely the reason behind it. And you can just meet people from all over the world and everyone is so different and you can find your people like Ash was saying and, but that everyone's so different in that group. It's, it's really cool. And it's, yeah, it's a great experience to, to be here and be a part of the newcomer group of people because it's just an awesome group. So yeah, incredible. Um, so what is the biggest myth about life in Canada that you want to debunk right now? If someone's listening and they're thinking of moving to Canada, what myth is out there that, that could be potentially putting people off or um, what would you want to debunk and, and tell them it's not true? Okay, I'm going to say that the cold is unbearable. <laughs> when I first told people I was moving or like even when I first um toyed with the idea of like accepting a job and things like that people were like oh it's gonna be too cold I'm like oh I don't know what to do about the weather all of that stuff and it was almost it wasn't like an excuse but it was also it was part like I don't know like oh should I do it or like it was like this invisible thing that I had to get over but it isn't actually as bad as you think it is like obviously you have to dress appropriately and things like that to me it's actually the length of winter and if you're not appropriately prepared for like sad season and like mental health things that come with like a longer um like winter cycle than usual like in australia it's not as um the winter isn't as harsh or as long so you know that was a bit different for me so as long as you're prepared for all of that and you're uh, you acknowledge that it's different and that's fine but um and also obviously getting out and getting like active in all of the activities as well not just like holding up and being scared to go outside so yeah I think that was the biggest myth. sorry for stealing that from me but it's it is so true <laughs> yeah no it's so true because that was my I was really worried about it and I was googling it and I was thinking wind chill factor what like what does what are you talking about like minus 25 minus 40 I know yeah, it's, it's scary scary numbers but it's like it's about Antarctica <laughs> yeah and then but when you leave the house it, I never I, I honestly don't think there's any difference between minus 20 and minus 40. Like, it's just really no. cold. Yeah. So you've got to dress for it. So, you know, I felt more cold sometimes in Australia and in England because of there's it's a damp cold and it gets in your bones. Whereas in Canada, it's like just a dry cold and you can, you've actually invested in all of the clothes that you need because you've moved to Canada which I never would have done in England so I've dressed better for it and everything is really well heated all the buildings are really well heated so um yeah and the activities like we were saying come with the snow and you you make the most of it but yeah it's definitely not as scary as as people 
sometimes make it out to be. Yeah. Okay, Carla, what would you say is the biggest myth that you want to debunk? So I, I'm going to say that particularly people from, from my friends from, from back home, um, one of the myths was like, oh my God, but Canadians are so cold. And because right. like, because Latinos were not right, like we're like woo-hoo, we're all the friends and whatnot, and <laughs> and I'm going to debunk that myth. They are reserved, they, which is different from being cold. So Canadians are a very reserved culture. They're very they're extremely polite, um, like to a fault almost. That it almost makes them look as they're cold, but they're not cold. They're just ridiculously ridiculously polite and reserved and they don't want to like you know like like burden you or anything that it almost looks like they're cold but they're not they're on the country they're so thoughtful so much so that they're you know they they keep their distance because they don't want to bother you and they want to be nice to you and polite and whatnot so the biggest the biggest myth for me and from from my experience and my friends would be that 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 no canadians are not cold at all they're actually super friendly super nice super polite they're just reserved Mm -hmm. yeah i agree because they can come across yeah a little bit inauthentic because they're so nice and happy all the time and it's like you can't like me this much like you're just fake but it's not that they genuinely are just really nice people it's it's a hard one to get to get used to for sure i think for me mine was mine is is a bit a bit maybe too deep (laughs) for the podcast but i i i do think that um there was a misconception. I live in the U.S. and there was a misconception about race relations and sort of ethnic tensions being only an American or a U.S. thing and not being in the in Canada. And Canada um, does have some history that a lot of people don't know about. And and I I do believe that they are they talk about it more. They acknowledge it more with what happened with the residency schools and and so the myth is this, I've had people reach out to me that, oh, you're in the, like the post-racial, like utopia of Canada. And I'm like, no, (laughs) there is conversation and education that happens, which is very healthy, but there is a complicated history. And especially for people who look like me, they, they are, they do think they're not going to experience any kind of, um, ethnic or racial discrimination. And, and I know that brings down <laughs> the mood, but it, I think it's important to learn the history. Like it's for me, I went and I learned about Violet. Like you have to learn about it and to understand that there is a history. Um, it is complicated and there there's conversations around it. I love things like pink shirt day and orange shirt day, remembering these things and indigenous people's day, learning the history is very important. And I, and I think people have been surprised with some of the things that happened in the news, especially with COVID and the anti-Asian racism. So I I do believe that there is a lot to learn about the history. And when you really learn the history, you, you appreciate some of the tensions and some of the conversations that are happening. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for bringing that up. That's a really important issue. And it's it's an issue that I, I, I thank you for bringing up because that's not something that I I get asked with this podcast and people don't reach out to me as the host and ask me these things. So it's great that, that that's featured on here. And yeah, 2020 is definitely a, a pivotal moment, I feel, for further movement and for the education. Yeah. Okay, so it's been so great and I don't want this to end. But um, yeah, the final question would be, 
what three people, living or dead, would you want at your dinner party? I always love this question. It's really cliche, <laughs> but it just gives you such a great idea of, of who you are and, and your, yeah, let's have some fun. So it is super fun. Doesn't it get you to think as well? I was like, Oh my God, this is a really deep question. Like, ah, oh, the choices. It actually changes for me like all the time. At the moment, I would do um, the first person or first human on earth, like Ooh. as we know it in like our form. So that's a cool depending one. on like what you believe or like whatever, but I would do the first person on earth who had like a consciousness and body. And then I would do Cleopatra because I don't know, she's like, this female historical figure who like, was a freaking badass and it would just love to like hear about that um and in that time and obviously just that whole era is incredible and then Anne Frank because and this has been more of a um pandemic era inspired one because obviously you know her family and her were literally hiding out for two years and like a 400 something square foot thing um or I think it's about 40 meters squared space from like the Nazis and you know she like just reading her diary from years ago and just seeing like her perspective on things and like it would be super interesting to hear her take on how we're all behaving and things like that in this era so I think those three would be mine for now so good um mine would be my granddad so he passed away in 2009 and I lived with him when I was a teenager and I would love to have dinner with him again um when he wasn't suffering quite so much and he could bring all the best Frank Sinatra Bing Crosby Louis Armstrong records for the ambiance and he was such an amazing jazz lover and and dancer so my granddad is my first one um Tony Robbins is my second one. I absolutely love his energy and he would almost take over the whole dinner party, but like, I'd be okay with it. Like he's so empowering and there'd be great deep conversation around the table. So absolutely love, uh, Tony Robbins. Um, and then my third one would be Kristen Bell just because she's my absolute kindred soul. We have the same goofiness and humor and she's an amazing singer and a Disney princess. And I'm obsessed with her on The Good Place, the TV show. And yeah, that's just a fun one. I'd absolutely love to meet her and have her there. So that would be fun. <laughs> love her. <laughs> I would love to see you two together. <laughs> amazing. What about you, Adebayo? Who would you invite? Um, everyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with Michelle Obama. <laughs> I uh, love her. She I nearly said her. Yeah. <laughs> she inspires me and she's fun. So I know that she would bring the wisdom and she'll bring the dance moves. And I love to dance. So we would, it would be a dance type of party. And then Rachel Ray, I loved her and I want some, I can cook. I love to cook, but I want someone who could do the cooking and do some fantastic, you know, appetizers and have a really fun dinner party. So I, I'm like, which chef would I want there? I'm like, Rachel Ray has a bubbly personality and she loves making Italian food, which is like my second favorite thing in the world. And then I thought about, I, I thought about, um, Chadwick Boseman. I know he passed last year. I loved, love, love Black Panther and, and I love superhero movies. And I'm like, oh, I just would love to talk to him. Um, so it'd be like Michelle, Michelle Obama, Rachel Ray with the food and the dance movie, and then Chadwick Boseman, like kind of with, with the, tell us everything there is to know about <laughs> the Marvel universe. And can we just have like one big, de- like, yes. dinner party with combined people? <laughs> 
How about you, Carla? Yeah, so for myself, I actually put Michelle Obama too. I'm obsessed with her. I love her. She is amazing. She's such a powerhouse and so inspiring. I went to see her live and, and oh my God, she's just amazing. An, an amazing woman. So definitely Michelle Obama. Then I would bring Frida Kahlo back from the dead. Um mm. I love I love her art. It's kind of eccentric, crazy, and she was just so unique and so true to herself. And she had absolutely no excuses for being who she was and and speaking her mind and loving whoever the heck she wanted to love. So I think um, I would bring her back from the dead. And then it's a toss up. It's a toss up between uh, Merida from Brave, the Disney movie. You know the the the, the wild, you know, red hair. You know, like beating up the, the 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 beat of her own heart and not really confining to anything and just not really being a princess but being being a warrior. I love yeah, that. Through the boys, it's all for me and my power. Exactly. And- so it would be a toss up between her or J Lo. Hail oh. JLo. Oh my god, that woman 51 years old. Can you yeah. believe she's 51? <laughs> and like and like and like she's amazing. I love her and I'm a total fan. I'm she's like my girl crush of oh all times and she just keeps getting better and better and I would just love to see and hear from her experience of being an immigrant and 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 just yeah. reinventing herself and like an artist and a singer and a mom and like all of these things. So I think it would be a killer party. <laughs> I think we would allow you to have four. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, Michelle Obama, you guys had had both of her, so it actually works out for each. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so, so much for coming back. I am absolutely... I, this couldn't have gone better. I've had so much fun, and I just want to keep talking to you. It's gone way too fast. Um, but yeah, it's you guys are just so inspiring just to get you guys back and share your stories and a little bit more of your wisdom. So lucky us. And um, yeah, I wish I could say I'd bring you back. Who knows? <laughs> but we're going into series two. But um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for inviting us. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so much fun. Fantastic. So if anybody wants to go back and re-listen, Ashley is episode four, Culture Shock. Carla is episode five, uh, Starting a Business. And Adebayo is episode eight, Canadian Work Experience. So listen to those. Those are always live. And um, yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.